I'm Richard Pyatt. This is Creating Dementia Solutions, a Miles for Memories program on Access Vision and a podcast as well. Milesformemories.org is the website. Bookmark that and follow us on Facebook and other social media as well for updates on these programs and when they release. So in our last episode, we got a little history lesson from Sherry Sherbin about Miles for Memories. This time, we're going to look ahead and talk about what will very well advance the mission for Miles for Memories in 2024. One thing we didn't say in the last episode was it's been 10 years now for Miles for Memories. Yeah, they got 10 years in the books, right? I think that's been a very successful 10 years. And you get your first double-digit birthday, and then you say, okay, what are we doing in the next 10? Mm -hmm. And in particular, in the year coming, here in the beginning of the year, it's always a nice reset time to figure those things out. So when you think about where you want to go and look back at everything you've done, what are some of the things that you'd like to see happen? Well, I think one of the most significant components of steps that we'll take going forward in 2024 is looking at different resources that we can enhance for the caregiver with that caregiver in mind intentionally. Again, not that we aren't looking at the needs of the person living with dementia, but we want to make sure that that caregiver is able to be a caregiver throughout the entire duration without being isolated, without being burnt out, with an inspiration to want to continue to go forward and to recognize that the caregiver doesn't always even recognize themselves as a caregiver. You know, you have a spousal situation and they just care for their spouse because that's what spouses do. And don't really look at it as that is a caregiver in this particular situation. And oftentimes they don't even have a sense of release because they live there. Right? Yes. And, and how do we bring in support services or bring a smile or bring a moment of joy, a moment of respite that gives you every reason to keep going? Is it possible that someone in the situation you just described mm-hmm might find it a little overwhelming to categorize themselves as a caregiver. Oh, yeah. We often see that, one, they don't characterize themselves as a caregiver, and to think of them in that role really can be enormous, but it can also sometimes negate the value of what they think they're doing as a loved one. And so there's that component of it as well. So, you know, I signed on for this the day I got married, whatever this might be, and so that's what I'm going to do. But they also need to recognize that they themselves need support. They need some release. They need some respite. They need some encouragement. They need some education. They need a reason to smile that day, right? Yeah, this references really the story you told in our last episode about your own mother Mm -hmm. and your grandmother watching her try to figure out what the steps are to be a caregiver. Mm Mm-hmm. That is a lot of weight, isn't it? And uh, to have some resources to help with that is useful. So that's the intent this year is to try and focus more Mm -hmm. on what caregivers might need to carry that out. You know, and I would throw into that scenario is that as a caregiver, if you've gotten to the point where it's necessary to move a loved one into a facility, um, your caregiving role does not end. The way that you carry out your day every day might be a little bit different, but you are still a caregiver for that person in the best way that you can be. So, you know, doing some things with adult care facilities are also important. So the role shifts Mm -hmm. a little bit. Maybe you're not there every moment, 
And there's some duties that you might have been doing that now someone else is doing, mm-hmm. but you still have an important role. Oh, yeah, most definitely. And and so all of the different things that we look at throughout the year as we go forward, we are trying to look at with that caregiver in mind. And how might we make a step a little bit different if I'm looking at it from the perspective of a caregiver versus looking at it from the perspective of a person who needs care or the caregiver in a clinical situation versus at home situation. They're very different. Mm-hmm. I think, too, that sometimes we might be focused on some of the more impactful thresholds, like what you just talked about, the point at which a decision is made about shifting where that loved one will spend more of their time. Mm-hmm. But there's some day-to-day caregiver-related concerns that you consider as well in Miles for Memories, right? I mean, just sometimes the everyday involvement, like mm-hmm. you just referred to. Yeah is something to talk about too. Yeah. You know, your day starts from the minute they wake up and your day doesn't stop until you finally get to a point where they're going to go to bed for the evening. And then you get to look at you, mm-hmm. right? How do, how do you fit you in the middle of this situation? And, you know, Ann Clark will regularly say it is about you. And if, if you're not healthy enough to be able to care for your caregiver, who's going to? Mm-hmm. So we need to keep you healthy. So it is a different kind of perspective, a little bit different focus. doesn't mean all the programs are going to be different. It's just a different way of looking at them. Yeah. So what do caregivers need in addition to respite and making sure they're okay? Are there other examples of things that maybe even we don't talk about a whole lot? Mm-hmm. Maybe we do. But what is it that they need? that we might focus on in these next episodes? So one of those things that you'll often hear us refer to is caregiver burnout. And when you look at all of those things, when you've mentally and physically given all of your effort into caring for this loved one, how do you refill that pot? How do you refill your energy? How do you refill your joy? How do you refill your purpose? All of those things that make every day our New Year's resolutions, Hmm. right? How do you maintain all of those things and make them priorities as opposed to secondary thought processes? If you're not healthy, the care you give is probably less healthy than it could be, right? doesn't mean that you're not doing the best that you possibly can, but sometimes we just need help recognizing that, I don't know, two hours of somebody coming to our house so that we can go to a doctor's appointment can be so valuable. And sometimes caregivers neglect to look at the fact that that two hours for your loved one with someone else might also be welcome, <laughs> right? So just a little bit of break, a little bit of perspective for them can be joyful too. Maybe that caregiver comes in and they play cards, mm-hmm. right? Maybe they just sit and have coffee and talk about whatever comes out of their mouth, whatever that might be. So there is value in it for the person receiving care as well. And, you know, we often feel guilty, right? That they're, we're walking away from the one that needs our care, yeah. but others can help in this process. So maybe it's a couple of hours a week, right? Maybe um, then we move into, why don't we use an adult daycare program for half a day? So just expanding where we need support allows us to be the best person that we can be. I would imagine, too, that some folks who are now in the position of being a caregiver, like Mm -hmm. a spouse, for example, have not been accustomed to being caregivers. Right. This is an adjustment too, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It is because they didn't probably go to school to know how to be a caregiver. Yeah, right. Right? They maybe went to school to learn how to balance books and be an accountant. Caring for a person is very not numbers oriented. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
right? It's fly by the seat of your pants sometimes. And being able to think outside of your traditional thinking parameters and to recognize the needs of your loved one as well as self to be able to go forward so that you both are able to enjoy your time together. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's not frustrating because there's lots of frustration in the midst of it. And a lot of it's learning as you go. So being willing to go, okay, I need help learning about X or being able to engage in a caregiver support program or being able to engage in some of the training programs that are offered at various places. And I'm also here to say that Miles for Memories doesn't do it all, right? There are other organizations in this community that are also engaged with Miles for Memories that have very specific roles that they play and they should, right? Yeah. So on top of that, there's also a person, like you say, who might have been trained in some other area that also needs to relearn how to interact, don't they? Yeah. This is a whole other perspective that has to be considered, (laughs) right? You know, I mean, when you are so engaged in being a caregiver, Sometimes when you step outside of that role to go to something, it's hard to change that conversation beyond the person that you're providing care for and and being willing to step in another direction, re-engage, re-socialize, re-enjoy those different things that we enjoyed in life. Really, it changes and we just have to figure out how to be open to it. And some of these different programs will help you with that. So easy, quick ones. You know, I talked about painting. Painting is a group thing, but it's also an individual thing. The respite program is developing and is really more of an emergency situation. But the music is another one. Just imagine how much fun that music will be when you watch your loved one sing into something that you haven't seen them sing into in a long time. Yeah, right. So... Getting over, and maybe that's not the right way to put it, but getting accustomed to the idea of a changing role and adapting to that and then feeling comfortable with the idea of stepping back in these respite situations are all things that are just among a few that a caregiver is, is looking at. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it can make the caregiving experience that much more rich. When uh, you're able to utilize some other sources, when you're able to get a tiny bit of a break, when you're able to still enjoy the things that you enjoy, if you enjoy reading, you can read to your loved one, mm-hmm. right? So you can do both of those at the same time. Mm-hmm. You got to find the right book, of course, but you know, it is a constant learning process. That's for sure. You know, in um, one of the issues of seeing that we recently published, there's a whole list of variety of different books that have some resources in them. That can guide you. You know, 36 hour day is a really big one and it's really not 36 is 24, but you got to fit a whole lot of stuff in that 24 hour period of time. You know, there's just a list of different books that we have found helpful over time. And it lists the book. It gives a little bit of what the focus is of that book to go, oh gosh, that one would really be good for me. Right. Like this one, as an example, understanding the changing brain, a positive approach to dementia care by Tifa Snow. Yeah. The focus there is understanding um, why changes are happening in the brain and how our response to those changes can create distress or lead to a more successful interaction. Right. Important information to know. Yeah. This person is changing mm-hmm. in front of you and that could very well help understand yeah. what's happening and how to respond. Exactly. Yeah. So as you look at 24, certainly the COVID years diverted some things that you had in place or were working on. Are those back in in focus now, would you say? Yeah, we started to retrack some of those that we kind of put on hold during COVID because we didn't have the opportunity for that interaction. And 
next week, we will get together the leadership team to very much lay out the criteria for how we're going to be spending money on different programs going forward. And, you know, we do that every year. Right. We bring everybody together. This is how much money we have to work with. What can we do with this amount of money? And let's make it happen. How's that affected things? We hear about how everything's more expensive and uh, maybe that has a bearing on nonprofits. How do you look at that? Well, the great thing about Miles for Memories is that it's an all volunteer organization. So we don't pay anybody. <laughs> right. So, you know, people are developing <laughs> programs because they want to. Yeah. There is such a big difference between commitment and passion and being paid to do something sometimes. Yeah. When they can collide and be on the same plane, that's even better. But we don't have those expenses. We don't have the costs for our office, as an example, because that's taken care of. And so all of those things are taken care of, and we can solely focus on how to implement a program. That sparked a thought. There are probably folks who have come to Miles for Memories seeking advice and input and knowledge and then later have become volunteers because of the experience they've had. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we try to connect them with that experience and the different programs that are going forward. Or if they have an idea for something that might also benefit others, then we start it. Yeah. Right. They'll take the lead, of course. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> That can happen in a volunteer situation, come up with an idea and you get to execute it. (laughs) So I will say that every year we only can do what we can do by the dollars that we raise. And our primary event is in September. So it's our community stroll celebration and we have great sponsors for that event. So, you know, and teams that come out to support it, any donations are welcome and they go straight to the community foundation for them to have some additional fiduciary oversight to make sure that we are spending our money in an appropriate way. Yeah. Well, that's what will happen this year. We'll yes. focus on the caregiver, both as, as a mission for Miles for Memories, as well as part of the subject matter of creating dementia solutions. We'll focus on the idea that those of you who are out there caring for a loved one with dementia, could you certainly use some support? And We'll try to be as helpful as we can. To that end, you might look at milesformemories.org where the Help Home program is well articulated and the technology there is well explained. And you might consider picking up one of those devices or maybe two for your loved one and yourself. Check that out at milesformemories.org. We'll be back soon with more Creating Dementia Solutions. I'm Richard Pyatt. Thank you.